there's only so many decisions we can make. If we try to make it so that people are expected to be churning out work and making decisions for eight hours a day, five days a week, and there's no break because while, yes, there's a lot of crap that comes with having to commute, mm -hmm. it also serves as a break. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day -day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Ah, oh, man, I'm ready for a break. Oh, I am too. I'm I'm ready to to to, to shut it down. Yeah. I'm ready to just chill out. We've got some snow coming down today. Mm -hmm. Um so depending upon how much we get, like when we get the little guy home, maybe I'll take, you know, I'll cut out and then take him outside and play for a little bit in the snow. Nice. Yeah, we have snow covering the grass. We were supposed to get a couple big snowstorms. Um at least in my area, it did not come through. So we had two snowstorms of maybe a half an inch each. So, but enough that you have to go clear the walks. Otherwise you get behind and they turn icy and then it's mm -hmm. like an uphill battle. So, yeah, like right now, like we're kind of where this storm's coming through. We're kind of like right there on the, the one spot where it could go either way. We can get six inches or more. Or we can get three inches depending yeah. upon just literally the way the wind blows. And how much, how warm the air gets later on today. Yeah. Well, I could use a good snowstorm, a fire, a couch, a book and chill, uh, hopefully in a few days. It seems like this week and we're recording prior to Christmas, right? This is going to be published in the new year. Yeah, This will be published in January again. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're coming up to the, the Christmas break. We're going to shut down for a week or so at the end of the year. It feels like a lot of the companies this week are scrambling to get a ton of stuff done. And then while a lot of companies are open, I'm using air quotes here for those not on the YouTube simulcast, that um, they'll be around the office. But it seems like people are realistic that eh, we're not going to get anything done. So yeah. I, I've even noticed like there's definitely been a drop off in chatter right now uh, amongst clients um other vendors we deal with like I, I think a lot of people have just started to, to mentally check out um they're, they're, year, they're wrapping man. stuff up like we've talked yeah you know with like what we've talked about previous episodes i'm starting to see a lot of people doing the same where they're they're prepping notes they're getting stuff lined up they're getting meetings scheduled for the first couple of weeks of january mm -hmm. but like yeah most people are, are being realistic and like nothing's happening in the next week and a half yeah yeah and then so, nothing is going to happen in the week and a half following that yeah we talked but, about that on a previous previous episode right that like yeah. i think i think the shutting down part this is good we should ramp down and take some time off it's the we don't get back to doing anything for like three or four weeks in january which is the the worrisome part 
Yeah. And that's what I, I think a lot of people are like, they're just like, instead of just going through the motions, it's like, let, let's not try to rush anything else out the door. Um, let, let's be realistic and let's, let's plan for January. Agreed. Agreed. Well, what else is going on? Um, so as far as the snow goes, it, it's, it's actually kind of funny. Um, you know, like most school districts out here are, are remote. Um, yeah. they've either have been hybrid and they're going remote for the last bit of December or they're the remote until sometime next year with this being like the first major snowstorm to come through the last couple of years have been mild, like you know, with everybody being remote, you know, you lose one of the, the, the rites of passage as a kid. And that's the, the snow day from school. Yeah. Um, so a lot of school districts have just, you know, have been sending out notes yesterday and today saying we're going to either dismiss early or, or whatnot. You know, if you, if you're in, if you're in hybrid, like we're going to dismiss early Wednesday, if it's remote, we're going to wrap up virtual learning on Wednesday and we're having a snow day Thursday. We're not oh, going really? to oh. kill the snow day with virtual learning. Um, hmm. Now my wife's school district hasn't announced that yet, but a lot of the suburban school districts have. Like we're not, you know, we're going to let everybody have a snow day Thursday. Let's, let's face it. The year's been rough enough as it is. And yeah. we're a week away from Christmas. Let, let's just. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting timing. I was reading this morning in our local paper that uh, some of the Salt Lake um, school districts uh, will be doing away entirely with the snow day. Um, mm -hmm. in that snow days will now become remote learning days. So where mm -hmm. those, those kids are going to lose that, <laughs> that fun. Although I don't know if it's fun when they have to make it up in like July when they're still in school, but at the time it's fun to like have yeah. a, have a hidden, like, ah, we got out of school. It's like, it's like those days where you're just completely overwhelmed and you get a meeting cancellation. Sometimes that just feels amazing. <laughs> that's what, that's what the school day is like, you know what? Yeah. We, we need that every once in a while. Yeah. You need a snow day every once in a while. Um, and th that was my fear going into like the remote learning. Now, granted, we don't have a school age child yet, but the, you know, losing, that 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 thing that I know I enjoyed as a kid, you know, listening to the AM news radio station, waiting for your school code to be called, and ah, there's no school, yeah. and then yeah. you know, being able to just like sometimes the, the the snow days happen like in the weeks following Christmas, so all the toys are still new and fresh. So being able to to to, to spend a day playing with all those new toys, and then a day outside sledding, and then when I got into uh, high school, like those days were money makers for me. Me and a buddy of mine would grab shovels mm -hmm. and go around and shovel driveways for cash. Oh, what a good idea. Well, yeah. the times, they, they change. They have. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I think it actually gives me a good segue into the, the topic I wanted to, to talk about today. So, you know, we're, we're, we're back to airing serious episodes after the, after the holidays. And, um, you know, with, with the talk of, you know, some school districts saying, yeah, even with remote learning, we're still going to have that occasional snow day or the school district saying, oh, nope, we're not going to lose a day of school. We're just going to go to remote learning. I want to talk about something that you and I have mentioned in passing and something we're seeing with a trend of everybody go working remote for the last nine months and honestly going to be working remote 
for the foreseeable future, the next six yeah. to nine months. Yeah. Nobody is going back to the office on Moss anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about how do we ensure that remote work does not become toxic? So like, you know, and, and to, to go back to my one point now, but like people not going back to the office anytime soon, you know, Comcast has their major headquarters here in Philadelphia and they, they announced two months ago that they are not bringing anybody into the office until June. One of the reasons is, is that they have so many employees coming from so many different, not just the city itself, but so many surrounding suburbs all the different school districts are doing stuff differently. So one of the reasons was, is, you know, we know people are scrambling for, for, for childcare. Some people have their kids remote um, work, you know, the school district has the kid 100% working remote others. It's something different. So we're just telling everybody June is the earliest you're coming back. Other mm -hmm. people, you know, other businesses are jumping on that saying, we're not going to know what coming back to the office looks like until sometime next summer. But yeah. one of the things you and I have been seeing is, is there's a disturbing trend with the work from home. You know, like I think was it Microsoft, they released some kind of work, you know, remote work productivity kit that gamifies, and I'm doing the air quotes now, you know, <laughs> yeah, gamifies yeah. your productivity. Um, which, I mean, we, we know what that means. It, it, it's just another way to make sure that you're tethered to your desk working. Um you know, Suzanne was saying that there was one teacher in the school district who, like, if they could, you know, if the school district implemented remote work just slightly differently, what this teacher would have done is gone on a month-long road trip mm. and, you, and integrated that into their teaching. But because they have to be tethered to right. a computer every day instead of saying, instead of, like, recording lessons and uploading them and doing it that way, they have to be tethered live to a computer um they, they they couldn't get creative with it and i know i'm kind of um i'm butchering that that story but you know kind of a paraphrase there so this is my long introduction my long rambling introduction into how do we ensure that remote work doesn't become toxic it doesn't become some kind of bastardized version of the office where there's now remote tools to make sure that there's butts and seats and heads staring at a monitor yeah uh, I love the conversation and we, we kind of started talking about this a little bit on Twitter a couple weeks ago. And because yeah. of that, if you bear with me for about 60 seconds, I want to try something new with this recording. I want to throw it out on Twitter that we're recording this episode and see if we can get some interaction with people with some thoughts yeah, that we can incorporate into the show. So let me throw out a quick tweet here um, that we will be talking about this topic and then let's see if we can get some interaction here. We are, we are totally winging this. Ah, it's the fun of it. It's yeah, the fun of doing it, it live-ish. I'm, I'm not cutting this out either. No, no, no. Keep it in.
Okay, we will see if this works. If this works, this may be something cool. All right. So, um, yeah, so we, we I think, started talking about um, this. Was it pre-pandemic? I, I, I can't remember as I threw out on a tweet. Actually, let me let me double check my spelling here real quick. No, I'm going to screw something up. It's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. We will see if we get any interaction here. I'll throw that over here. Um, so we, we started talking about this a while ago. In fact, we had a guest on the podcast and initially I think I had pushed back saying we didn't want to have this guest on because the 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 software they were producing kind of goes against everything that we kind of hold near and dear to our, our corporate values. I can't remember what the conversation was internally, but we ended up chatting with them. I can't remember. Do you remember the name of the app or that episode? It was... Um, yeah, hold on. Let me... Let me pull time track or something. But, but that was the idea, right, is that this company mm -hmm. is developing solutions for businesses to help keep tabs on their employees in a remote work environment. And and I think we had a really good discussion around the, the balance of providing um, structure for, for management, but also not crossing over that line into a creepy factor uh, into a factor where uh, we're, we're micromanaging in a remote setting where literally we're watching your screen. My, and in fact, it's, I didn't realize how, how common this is. My, my daughter works um, uh, for a company and they, her role is she does lead generation, lead generation. So she does like initial calls and pre-qualifying leads and then passing them on. And um, their management team randomly just, views their desktop and watches what they do without notice. It is so creepy, but apparently, oh, that is awful. But apparently that stuff happens all the time. Um, and probably was happening before even this kind of remote work push. But I think we're, we're seeing more of an emphasis on it now. And you kind of queued or queued up the conversation talking about the Microsoft announcement. I, I want to say they ended up walking some of what they announced back a little bit. Okay. I missed I'm that. not wrong. We may want to follow up on it, but the initial release was pretty concerning um, that, you know, such a big player. We're not, you know, we're going from talking about some of these small startups saying, hey, there's an opportunity here for us to create solutions to help companies and managers keep tabs on their employees. That's one thing. But when we see like the giants of the game, like Microsoft, jump into that conversation and say, oh, by the way, we're already ubiquitous across your employees' computers. Just flip the switch and we'll help you keep an eye on everything they're doing. That That's where it gets really, really um, concerning uh, to, to me. Um, and one of the hopes that I had as a um, good thing coming out of this work from home thing, because it, 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 it hasn't been all good. It's It's been challenging. In fact, I think it's been challenging for us. And we've been doing this 
full-time as a company since our inception and many of us doing it a long time prior to that, this year has been different. It's It's been challenging and hard and the remote aspect has been been really hard in general. And one of the positive outcomes that we were hoping that would come out of this is that um, more people would be able to experience the autonomy that a lot of us in the remote workforce get to experience. And I think they have um, to it to uh, to an extent. My my concern is what what's going to happen when we roll into next year when this becomes even more drawn out. Is that going to go away? In fact, let me see if I can pull up this post um, that I made on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. Kind of. And, and while you're do that, doing that, I want to jump in. So the episode you were referring to a, a minute or two ago. It was, um, we had Liam Martin from Time Doctor That's right. back, back in January, 2020, yeah. uh, before the pandemic and like this level of working remote was on anybody's radar. And yeah, like we kind of came into that conversation expecting like a, a very spirited debate and it, it, it turned out to be really, really good. Like, you know, they, um, it, they, they come at remote work from a, a different perspective. And yeah. I, I would suggest anybody go back and, and listen to that episode because, um, you know, they're offering a solution, you know, for, for those that, that have a large remote team and it's, it's very customizable to the, you know, to the level of degree that you want to uh, measure, you know, remote productivity. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good episode. And and again, that's we, we should cross link cross reference this in our show notes so that if anyone's interested, do you have the episode number if someone's on Apple or their favorite podcast app, they can pull that up? Yeah, it was episode 89. And it came okay. out on January 10th, uh, 2020. Yeah, so <clears throat> that would be a good episode to go listen to as a follow up to this. I think it was a a very good um, and spirited conversation, even though we kind of went into it thinking we're coming from two completely different um, perspectives. So here was my post I made on LinkedIn two weeks ago. So I said the relatively positive vibe that remote work has right now will quickly erode next year as, as toxic work environments are recreated remotely, destroying the newfound autonomy many employees are enjoying today. Um, You know, I think that's really what it it comes down to. And what my fear is, is that right now companies are struggling, you know, companies that have never had a a remote work or distributed work program in place have have quickly struggled just to spin something up, just as other businesses have had to quickly adapt. Right. There's not been a lot of thought into, oh, we need to knock a hole in the wall to put a drive through in because we can't have customers coming into the restaurant or, oh, we need to spin up a curbside pickup program or, oh, we need to figure out how to have like thousands of employees work from home. We, we didn't have the luxury of being able to like really sit down and design and plan that out. Like things have just kind of been like, let's just go with it. Let's make something work and go with it. As this has progressed for almost an entire year now, um, and we'll eclipse that year mark early next year, uh, that that isn't going to be the case anymore. Uh, Companies will have had time to strategize and think about, you know, what's our long-term plan. And my my biggest concern is that they're going to say, well, let's just replicate what we did in the office remotely. Um. And, and, and to me, that's, that's concerning because I, I, I truly believe there's so many good things that are coming out of the, the work from home piece. 
um, specifically around autonomy and ability to control your schedule that I would hate to see just wiped away because we want to go back to the, let's try to somehow recreate this nine to five butts and seat thing, but remotely, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. And I mean, we, we, we come back to the, the, the remote work topic every, every couple months. Cause either something like this happens, there's some kind of announcement or, or just, we, we get more questions about, you know, how do you guys do it with such a small team or, you know, what, what, what's some of your bits of advice for, for those that have been kind of thrust into it. So it's right now it's, it's an ever evolving topic because you're right. Companies had to react really fast. Employees had to react very fast. And now, and, and a lot of them were sent home on a Friday saying you're going to be remote for the next four weeks. And now it's nine months later and there's still, still no one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of uh, a client that we work with. I was talking with her a couple of weeks ago about her, her experience. And she's like, you know, I'm almost nine months into this and I'm finally taking a step back to design my home office to be comfortable because I was told this was going to be a couple of weeks and nine months in, I was still telling myself it would be a couple of weeks. And I finally had to admit, it's not just going to be a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that was, that was definitely the case for, for a lot of, a lot of employees. Well, it's fun. It's interesting talking to, to some people um, that they, they I, I don't think they foresee themselves ever going back to the office full time. Yeah. I think a lot of them are now planning because they've seen the amount of time that they've saved commuting. They've seen how much product more productive they can feel that they feel like they're they're able to get more done at home. I I. I see a lot of people that we work with directly going forward, maybe going into the office twice a week for specific things, maybe setting up meeting days for in-person sessions with people in the office. And then the, the other three days are, are their time at home. Yeah. it would be really interesting to see how the, the design of the future office morphs and changes to potentially fit that model. I've, I've talked about it in a couple previous podcasts. Uh, my, my first boss out of college, Paul Bartholomew, um, who had the, had this idea back in 1999 where he wanted to transition our current office, um, into more of a, a meetup hub. And instead mm-hmm. of having all these rows and rows of cubes and offices to transform it into places where you could come collaborate, come meet, and not the cold, sterile meeting room with the long table, but really put thought into the design to transition it into um, a space that could really drive creativity and collaboration and really make better use of that space to, to do that rather than having these cubicle farms. It, it never came to fruition. He got unfortunately shot down to do that here. I think the thinking was way ahead of his time, but I think we're here 20 years later. I think we're, we're here and it'll be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. with all of this office space. Do we see these offices, you know, downsize because there's not as much of a need to house everybody. Do we see them transition that space into more multi-use space and, you know, put more thought into the design around how we use it rather than just being, I hate to kind of, I'm not even going to use it. Um, instead of being like just cubes and cubes and cubes to house people in to, to transition to more usable space to really do the things that I think 
the biggest thing we've heard about this work from home thing is we can't connect with people and we can't collaborate with people. Well, okay, if that's what we're saying the office is for, I don't know very many offices that are designed to do that, which is a bit humorous to me that when we talk to people and we say, well, these are the two things we can't do in our remote. I'm like, you weren't doing that in the office because the offices you have aren't designed for that. So if, if, mm-hmm. if that truly is something that we need to do in an office, cool, we should like rethink the office design to, to make sure that we're creating environments that's truly supporting those things. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think companies that are, are forward thinking are going to go down that, that, that route. You know, they're going to be able to reduce overhead because they're going to come to the realization that a lot of their employees are actually enjoying working from home. Um, So, but they're not going to eliminate the office completely. You know, I think of like the company that has, say, four floors in an office complex in in a Boston, in a, a Philadelphia in a Chicago, like those kinds of cities. So they've got four or five floors. They may downsize it to two floors. And then to your point, instead of it being a cube farm, it's, it, it, it's working spaces um, yeah. where at that point, then people come into to the office for a day and say like, let's plan an in, in-person day. Let's reserve this space in the office for us to come in and work on, on these things. I think that would be so, so amazing. It's the thing that has driven me to um, co-working locations in the past and that it's not just a desk, it's not just a cube to sit in, but the best co-working locations I've found have put the thought into that to create the spaces, to curate conversation, to put certain people from different disciplines together, to just create like these maker spaces, creative spaces. Mm-hmm. Um Man, t- talk about a, a jump in innovation. If if that's an outcome of this pandemic and work from home that we shift, um, I, I'm excited for the the what can be created coming 2021 and beyond if this truly takes hold and companies really adopt the workspace as, as more of a maker creative space. Yeah, I mean, think back to to when you were at Adobe. You know, I'm thinking back to the time when I was at GSI Commerce. You know, I, I did have the ability to to work remotely at times. And there were people that, that spent a good portion of their time working remotely. But still, there was, you know, you had your cube at the office. There was an expectation you were coming into the office. You know, think back to, to that period. And if the company said, you know what we're going to do? We're getting rid of cubes. Everybody come in, clear out your desks. You're not going to have an assigned cube. Um, you're not going to have an assigned workspace. You come in as as necessary. You come in to to work with your team or other members of, of your team as necessary. Um, other than that, like you're free to work where from 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 wherever. Yeah, I I, I think there's there's good evidence to say that that's where really valuable things get created. Um, so. Uh, after I left Omniture, I went to Spark Networks. And while we didn't go to that extreme, I think if we had, it would have been even a completely different conversation. But um, one of the things that Spark Networks did um, is every Friday, you know, around lunchtime, they basically said, and this was primarily for the engineering team, but others got in on it as well, said, uh, this is your free open lab time. 
Like treat, treat the office as your laboratory and do whatever you want. And, and there were really no constraints. Uh, the idea wasn't necessarily to do like force them to do whatever work stuff they wanted, but truly like have access to, you know, our computers or whatever and do what you want. And people did everything from, you know, prototyping with Arduinos and coming up with cool things. But one of the things that we found was there were several projects, and I can think of two specifically that came out of that lab time that got incorporated into our business that made the company millions of dollars. And looking back on it, I, I'm like, I don't think those things get created without that lab time. And, and to me, that was kind of a very telling story and kind of tying it back into how we, we kicked off the conversation around avoiding creating a toxic work environment. When you, when you give people that autonomy to create, uh, it's amazing what they can come up with, but, but all too often, um, all too often there's an issue where we don't trust people. We have to, again, monitor them and watch what their screen is doing and make sure they're sitting at their desk that we kill that autonomy. And when we kill that autonomy, we kill their desire to be creative and create amazing things. Um, and I just, I just can't help think about all the lost opportunities that companies have had where you have really, really smart employees, you've treated them like they can't be trusted. And so they just don't create for you. You know, what have we missed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's where I was thinking about like, you know, wh where do we pivot the conversation? We've been talking about like our hopes of where companies are going to be able to take this, you know, those that have the forethought to, to do that. Um, because then there's going to be those that are going to go the complete opposite direction. They're going to see getting rid of office space as a way to kill overhead, put the burden on employees to come up with their own office space and then bring in those draconian, draconian methods to make sure that people aren't doing the laundry. You know, they're not cutting out for a couple of hours to go play with their kids in the snow, um, you know, with, during the winter time, you know, that they're not say, Hey, jumping in the car and, you know, going to, to, you know, drive an hour and a half and work from the beach, you know, like work, work you know, set up shop on like one of the little coffee shops up on the boardwalk for a couple of hours, you know, like you're going to have those companies that do that. And that's what I'm trying to think about. Like, what kind of message can, can employees send to, to a business that starts to, to go in that direction? Um, are you getting any feedback on, on Twitter? You're on mute. I'm on mute. <laughs> um, yeah, I got a question from, from Ryan. He's, uh, he's going out, uh, on a run with his dog. He said, I'd love to hear you and Jim talk about, um, getting out of funks. Um, you know, I, I threw this out on, on Twitter yesterday talking about kind of some of the challenges with remote work. And, and again, you know, we've, we've been doing this forever, but this year has been a new challenge. He's saying, um, you know, I'd love to hear, you know, what your guys' thoughts are on exercise, other strategies, um, based on tweets yesterday, especially interested in how Jim is balancing remote work, um, with, with a young child at home. Um, oh, that, that's a good one. Um, so the, the previous two weeks leading up to, to this week, we, we, we kept JP home 
from from the babysitter. We had a my wife and I had a funeral to go to, and just to t- take all the possible precautions. Following that, we we hunkered down at home. We kept him home, and and it was it was hard those days. Like I came in with the plan of oh I'll spend all day with him, and then when my wife gets done teaching, it's kind of like a tag team. Like okay, you're in, and then I would would go to work, but then you know dinner quickly approaches and then bedtime. And the next thing I know I'm fading at eight 30, trying to put my thoughts together into some kind of coherent, you know, sentences in an email. And it, it turned out to be, to be very, very hard. But one of the things I'm doing and to, t- to, to flash back to uh, a previous episode, this isn't in the, the, the context or thought process of the new year, new me bullshit, uh, New Year's resolutions, but like trying to set myself up with some good habits for for next year. And one of the things I'm I'm going to take the advice that you and Evan have given me and make it a point to to go for a walk midday to to clear my head. Like I've actually put it on my calendar that it can't be booked. That I'm going to have an hour book just to go outside if if it's not yep. happy weather and just go for a walk around the neighborhood for 45 minutes or so put on some music and and just clear my head because I think to, to Ryan's point. Yeah. I've definitely gotten into funks this year. Yeah. You, you start the day off with, with a crappy email and then you're tied to your desk. And I was even saying, I think like in the beginning of this, a lot of the things I had in place prior, there was like you know, a, a, a local convenience store chain in this area called uh Corbaba. My, my wife actually picked me up a small hot chocolate, you know, when she quick ran out for, for stamps. Um, like when I would have like a rough day, like yeah. around lunchtime, I'd just jump in the car and go get a coffee, come back. And like just the 30 minutes of driving over, coming back, sipping on the coffee, like it would be, it would do wonders to clear my head. But when the pandemic hit, like doing that became much, much harder. So Again, like going back to like the the thing I'm going to incorporate, I'm starting to incorporate now. I'm trying to get into that habit this week is is blocking out time every day just to go out of the house and just take a a stroll around the neighborhood, get some fresh air and just clear my mind. Yeah. And I I love the question as well. And apologies to those watching on YouTube. You have to watch me eat pasta, but I'm hungry. So Um, it's it's a great question because, you know, we kind of queued up the conversation with some of these draconian measures that management and the company is putting on employees. Um, but we also have to remember that there's a lot that we do have um, control over. Now, if, if we're going to be busted because we're not sitting at our desk between eight and five, nine and five, that may be a different conversation. Um, but, but taking that time is so, so critical. And I, you know, this is from a conversation that I had thrown out on Twitter. I'm like, man, I'm just like in a funk. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing the things that I know makes me energetic and my brain work well. You know, I need some advice on how to get out of it. And and a lot of the overwhelming response was, you know, we need fresh air. We need exercise. We need to get up and get moving. And I think that that's been the biggest challenge for me uh, in the pandemic is that, um in addition to working from home and kind of having the proximity of home and work right on top of each other, we've limited just our movement overall. 
And so we've become very kind of static. And I think that that has, has played out in really depressing a lot of moods and putting people in these funks. And again, everyone's saying, like, man, it's okay to admit this year has been incredibly hard. Um, I, I, I want to talk about your idea of scheduling it because it came up a lot in our Twitter conversation yesterday about this topic um, in that it's not just it's not enough to just say, we, I know that this time's important. You have to prioritize it by, by putting it on a schedule. So it sounds like so that's something that you've prioritized as far as like between certain times or like putting time on your calendar. Is that, is that the depth you're going or, and, and have you found that that's critical for you to be able to stick to that routine by actually scheduling that time for yourself? Yes. Um, if, if I don't schedule the time, I, I will get lost, uh, in the day. I, you know, it's, if, if I don't like either time will get booked and that, that, that's the other thing coming into to next year, I want to get strict around my calendar again. Um, over the, over the last six months or so I've become very lax. Like I, I think I made jokes about it before here. It's actually on my calendar Thursday afternoons and Fridays. I book no meetings. It is supposed to be my time for, for like, like thinking for, for planning and whatnot. And I've allowed people to kind of eat into that time. And I, I definitely as part of my planning for, for 2021 is, is to become stricter about that. But to your question, yes, if I don't have that scheduled, it's either going to get overrun. People are going to book it. Um, or, or I'm just, going to get lost and what would have been that time to go do something to, to just walk away from the computer. It's yeah. going to get lost and it's going to get eaten up by something else. Yeah. I need to try that because I, I, I agree with it. I'm just, I have not been very good at holding myself to a schedule. Um, but unfortunately to your point, when we don't do that, it becomes an afterthought and, to, and, and you said it like at, by the end of the day and now it's like dark so soon, it's like seven o'clock. I'm like, I'm done, man. Like, I just don't want to do anything. Um, and if we haven't kind of prioritized that time for ourselves, it, it very easily gets away from us. It gets, you know, dark out, it gets later in the evening or like, yeah, do it tomorrow, do it tomorrow. And there's always like pushing it out, pushing it out. So I, I, I really like that concept. And again, there was a lot of people that provided that feedback that um, we really need to prioritize, <clears throat> excuse me, prioritize and schedule that time uh, for, for ourselves. And, and I think that will go a long way, regardless of the things that management may push down and create toxic environments. We, we still do. As long as we're at home, I think we have a lot of autonomy and control that we need to make sure we're taking advantage of. And I, that's a key point. We've talked about it a lot internally where, where we've had to call ourselves on and say, man, we have all of this opportunity and we're not taking advantage of it. This is frustrating, right? You know, you and I have had those conversations. It's like, why, why are we not taking advantage of this freedom and flexibility we have in our schedules? We need to force ourselves to take advantage of this time. So I think, I think that's a really strong takeaway. And I'm really glad Ryan asked the question, um, because it is something that we should feel like we have control over. Um, even as as changes come down in how companies manage remote work, we, we still have some control over how we design our day and we should take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And, and just so you know, like this time of year, it gets dark by 4.45. I know, it's crazy. Seriously, yeah. around 5.36, I'm like, I, it's bedtime. I don't even know. Oh, hey, I, I'm, I'm done for the day. Like I'm... 
my my brain is shot. I just want, you know, I, I we, we you know by by six thirty we've wrapped up dinner, and I'm like, okay, let let's just kind of start to mellow out. Let's get the little guy ready for for bed, and then give us just a couple of hours just to chill. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, good question. I wish there were more questions coming in. Apparently, my social reach is not very impressive. Um, or maybe I need to put it out before we start recording. Yeah, but this will come in cool. when, uh, when we wrap up. Right. Like I'll get a bunch of questions right after we mm-hmm. stop, stop recording. Wondering if we, wondering if we should do a test run next year of doing like a, a live stream on Twitch or something, seeing if we can get like, do like an actual, I mean, we can record and still do like the push out to our podcast networks, but it would be cool if we kind of said, Hey, if anyone wants to watch us record in real time, no editing. It is what it is. Come participate. Be on Twitch. Ask questions. I think that might be pretty cool. That's one of my three objectives for next year. I've already written down. I, I want us to do a bit more live streaming. Yeah, it'd be super cool. Yeah, like I, I, I want to put together like we still have our hour for you know our tradition. What has become our traditional podcast and you know mm-hmm. that that recording session, but then try to find you know either, either like two hours every other week or something like that, where we just have a, a live stream. We let everybody know we're going live and then just jump on and see who wants to join us. Riff. For chat. Just riff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, just talk about cool. what's going on. Yeah. I think it'd be super fun. I don't know if we can get a mass of people, but I think, uh, I think if we make it easy for people to join and interact, it could be a, a cool little thing. And, and a nice little break in the day. You know, we miss it. We we have Twitter, we have social, but we miss these kind of smaller group gatherings. And and maybe we can fill a little bit of a gap there. So, mm-hmm. all right. I look forward to trying that out. Yep. Look forward to trying that out. Um, so, so we talked about kind of um, management taking a, a more office first approach to um to remote work. Uh, Ryan's question was great around how we break up the day and how we, you know, maintain mental clarity. Uh, what other concerns do you have? What other concerns have you heard from others that, that may be in a remote work for the first time scenario that they have going into next year about it taking maybe a, a negative turn? Uh, I mean, I haven't heard it from, from anybody individually yet. It's been more along the lines of hearing what what companies are going to do. So if anything, it's it's us hearing what what companies are going to 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 bring to their to their employees. Um, and again, we just keep going back to the Microsoft example because that I mean that is the the easiest one I think for for us to to to, to pick apart, but. Um, but I, I think like if anything, it, it's companies like I'm trying to think of a couple examples. Like, I mean, like you're, you're, I, I've heard like a few around like there's going to be some level of like time tracking coming in. Um, so, you know, I think some companies want to make sure that, you know, you're not doing like the stereotypical work from home things like going and doing the laundry or or, or something, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't eat while you try to record a podcast here. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Slightly different thought in my head, but um, 
I can see a very toxic outcome of this being that, well, if you're at home working, we need to make sure you're working eight hours a day. Uh, I was thinking about this more in the relationship between a full-time employee and a consultant working on an account um, that oftentimes the pushback we hear from companies is, well, well, you cost more than it would be for us to, to hire a full-time employee. And, and we can go down that path. We're like, well, if you can hire a full-time employee that brings the expertise and knowledge we have, you should do that. But more so, I thought, you know, we often get way more done than full-time employees because when we're, when we're on the clock, when we're working for a client, we are fully immersed working for a client. There's this, um, there's this lie that we've told ourselves that if we're in the office, we're working, but let's be honest with ourselves. And we've all been in the office at some point in our career where, were we coming close to putting in seven hours a day of work? Cause I know I haven't maybe a day or two here and there out of an entire year, but there was no way that I was putting anywhere near seven hours of work in a day, maybe three or four, maybe mm -hmm. the rest of the day was filler. Yeah. You know, you get together, you go out to lunch and like the one office I worked at um, seven, eight years ago was near a major shopping center. So we go over and get some lunch and then we take a walk around. And next thing you know, you've been gone for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, you get up and go, the, you know, go get some coffee and then you run into somebody else. And yeah, like a, a lot of times, like just the, the regular banter around the office. And that's, and, and that's, that's not people just like, I'm going to, I'm going to use the UK term here. That's not just people bunking off at work, you know, like taking it easy. Like it's just part of, we, we just aren't built to be on that much time, that straight sitting in a desk. Um, mm -hmm. And that to me, you know, speaking about remote work turning toxic, that's a real, real possibility that this lie we've told ourselves that if you're in the office, you're working, you're doing a solid seven, eight hours a day of work if we've believed that lie and now we're going to push that onto remote and we're going to be even more heavy handed about it because, well, if we can't see them, we can't trust them. They're not working. So we now have to put all these safety measures in place to ensure they actually are working seven hours a week. Companies are going to be massively disappointed because they're going to uncover that people aren't doing seven hours of work a day. And you know what they're going to blame? They're going to blame remote work. They're going to like, ah, told you, mm -hmm. you know, well, well, we let them work from home and they're not working. I'm like guys, they weren't doing it anyway. I guarantee you they weren't doing it anyway. So that's a huge concern to me is that um, they're going to take this, this lie that the office work was seven hours a day. They're going to try to enforce it onto remote work. They're going to be dissatisfied. And because of that, they're going to be even more heavy handed from a micromanagement standpoint. Um, and that's just going to create a toxic, toxic remote work environment. You're going to burn people out doing that. For sure. It's you just know, not sustainable. Yeah. It's going to fuel like bad habits, like being a workaholic. It's going to fuel bad habits of checking your email right before you go to bed and right as, right as you wake up. Because, I mean, we already know those people that somewhat did it before are now in a, you know, a state where they wake up, they roll over, they grab the phone off their nightstand. And the first thing they look at is, is what emails have come in since, since for overnight. Or if you have 
people that are working across multiple time zones, what emails do people already start sending today? Mm -hmm. It's true. And I, I wish I would have saved this tweet. I, I saved it, but it's too far buried for me to find it. But it's interesting in this, this context, I saw a tweet come through that had some, a link to an article or research that was taking the premise that most employees only can be in creative flow, like three or four hours a day at, at a maximum. Mm -hmm. you know, like there's a set number of hours where you really, really can, can be producing work. And this whole, like, I don't, I don't even know, maybe we should do some research. I'm sure it's manufacturing based or something, this whole concept of nine to five and, you know, that humans are going to fill this time. It, it, we need to kind of tear that down, especially if, if remote and distributed is going to continue to grow, become more ubiquitous, which, um, I absolutely believe it, it will. We, we can't, and, and I've talked about this on, on LinkedIn quite a bit. We can't simply take what we did in the office and translate it to remote. It, it, it's not going to work. So if next year our desire is to say, well, how do we create a nine to five butts in seat environment, but remotely, it's going to be toxic as toxic can be. We're going to burn people out. And, and if we thought the end of 2020 was bad, the end of 2021 is going to be even worse. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's my warning to businesses and managers and people in positions to help design what these new programs and policies look like for companies. Number one, don't just try to replicate what you have in office. It's not going to work. And, and number two, let's start to question some of these notions that we had of this is how work happens, that we go in at nine, we, we do all this work and then we go home at five. That, that, that never was working that way. And let's, let's start challenging ourselves on that lie that we told ourselves that we were absolutely being a hundred percent productive from nine to five. Cause if we can't challenge that lie, that's going to be a real problem for how we design our remote work programs going into, into 2021. And I want to add something that you were just talking about, like, you know, employees only being able to be in like that creative flow two to three hours a day. Um, you reminded me of like this, I think it was on in Forbes three years or so ago. And I was telling my buddy Quentin about it uh, a couple of weeks ago is that the, the, the article was around like, why do certain executives pretty much wear the same clothes day in and day out? Steve Jobs, he had his dress code of you know, his uniform of jeans, black turtleneck. Um, I think they were saying Barack Obama only wears blue or black suits and that's it. Like they, they, they narrow that choice. And they, they gave several other examples as, as well. And they were saying that, you know, like, the human brain can only make so many decisions in a day. Like the, you, you reach a point of decision fatigue as well. So to your point of being creative for only so many hours a day, you can only make so many decisions in the day too. So people who want to be able to optimize their capacity to make decisions and thoughtful decisions, they find ways to, to eliminate other decisions that they have to make. They, they, they remove the decision of what clothes am I wearing today? What did I wear yesterday? Well, I'm just going to wear the same thing or the same type of thing day in and day out. Cause then that's one less decision I have mm. to, I have to make. Oh, that's an interesting point. I hadn't, I hadn't read about that or heard about that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so if you're sense. right, like we're not creative, we're not working like we're, we're, we're there, but we're not 
like full on working for eight hours a day. There's only so many decisions we can make. If we try to make it so that people are expected to be churning out work and making decisions for eight hours a day, five days a week, and there's no break because while, yes, there's a lot of crap that comes with having to commute, mm -hmm. it also serves as a break between yeah. work and being at home. You're going to burn people out. You're going to turn a company into, into a meat grinder. Yeah. I would love to have a follow-up discussion on this. I actually got into a brief conversation last night on Twitter. Um, not exactly this topic, but similar topic. Uh, it was from a, um, it was from an entrepreneur that's building a new company. And he, he said, you know, one of the things he struggles with is this feeling of guilt of doing anything that isn't directly building his company from like doing the dishes to going grocery shopping. He feels like, that's taking away from, from building his company. And I, and I, I understand that from, from one perspective. Um, and I, I respect that people get to that depth of just singular focus and maybe that's what it takes to create amazing things. Um, I, I don't know that I would ever be able to get there. That seems way more than I can, can focus on. But on the other hand, that falls really nicely into this conversation of, even if that is your singular focus, can you really have the brain power unless you're some, you know, elite gifted person to focus all your waking energy on building one thing? I, I don't know that you could, you know, we, we need these, I, I don't think we need these breaks. And, and to your point, maybe it isn't even about taking breaks. It's that our brains are just, limited in the capacity of the number of calculations and things that we can do in any given period of time. Mm -hmm. No, like, I mean, you need some kind of break, you need some kind of, of hobby. And like that, that's something I came to a realization a couple months ago in that, like, I got myself like really, really into a rut where back in like May and June, where I was working all day, we'd put the, the kiddo to bed. My wife would go off to bed and then I'd work for another three, four hours into the night. And I'd be going to bed at 1130 or so. And, and then waking up a zombie the next day at 630. Um, my, I, I wasn't getting any kind of workout in and I was starting to realize like I, I had no hobby, right? Like, you know, anytime that would be taken up with some kind of hobby. And, and this is also another thing is, is, I've noticed a lot of the people we work with who work in some form of software, some kind of digital product, like I'm, I've seen it with Randy building his guitars. I'm seeing a lot of people gravitate to some kind of hobby where there's something tangible at the end. And I guess it's because like our work, it doesn't result in anything tangible. And that's what also started making me think like, I've got no hobby. Uh, my physical fitness was going away. Like, you need to take a break. You need to walk away from it for, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, we should, we should do that as a follow-up. I think that would be a really interesting discussion to have. Yeah. No, I think there's some, some good follow-ups uh, out of this to, to really get the, the year going right. Yeah. And this has been a good conversation. Unfortunately, we only had one taker on my, uh, I'll incorporate you live into our recording, but it was a great question and um, <laughs> maybe we should try this some more. And I think the live stream will be fun. I'm looking forward to trying that out here in the, in the near future. Yeah. Let, let's do that. Let's, um, 
Well, let's put it out there like an hour or two before we sit down to chat and yeah. let's see what we get back. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be cool. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Really good stuff. Lots of fun. Yeah. Cool. So we'll go ahead and wrap up for there and you know, wrap up at that point and we'll chat with everybody later. See you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.